I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. So I'm really excited about this one today. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really good one. So I was planning this episode for a while, but then I read a book called Small Space Style, um, and it's by Whitney Lee Morris, who runs the Tiny Canal Cottage Instagram account and blog and brand, I guess. (laughs) Um, And basically, it's her book about how to style small spaces because she, her husband, their two-year-old and two beagles live in 400 square feet in Venice in LA. Wow. Two beagles, huh? Yeah, two adopted beagles. It's pretty adorable. They spend a lot of time like standing on the kitchen counter. It's a lot, but... (laughs) (laughs) Curious. Yeah, it's... It's cool. She has a really nice aesthetic, but also she's always talking about like small space solutions, which is what I wanted this episode to be about. So I thought it tied in really nicely to talk about this book in conjunction with it. And I just, I got it from the library this week, so I can talk about it this week. (laughs) Because she also talks about the library as well. She takes her son to the library a lot so that she doesn't like own a lot of kids' books. Mm. And that's a method I've been employing recently to get books because every book we bring in here we have to want to keep like forever because otherwise we're just buying it to read it and then like donate it which is a bummer Hmm. and i think especially for design books it's cool to go to the library because they're kind of expensive and you don't have to like make that sort of dedication unless you know it's something you want Mm -hmm. cookbooks too that's true we do a lot of cookbooks at the library so like pro tip for all people i think is just use the library because very few people do Hmm. but the other exciting thing about this episode is that We finally measured our apartment, so we can tell everybody about it. Um, I thought this episode was going to be really petty, because I thought we were going to say, like, oh, we live in 800 square feet, and there are only two of us, but actually, our apartment is 550 square feet, which kind of surprised me as to how small Mm. it is. Yeah, agreed. I think it's kind of a lot of rooms, or maybe not a lot of rooms, a lot of compartmentalizing maybe you know like the hallway is offset and there's like a quasi hallway between the bedroom bathroom i made a uh, a little sketch of a floor plan that i'm going to share in the show notes so everyone can like conceptualize what's happening wow that's pretty pro yeah it's not to scale because i don't really have much of an understanding of scale but yeah for people who are very interested and you're right it is like broken up in such a way that you feel like there are a lot of spaces Mm -hmm. i think um but i wanted to talk today about some of the things that whitney points out in her book that i think are solutions we've already been using that we find to be successful and then some things that i read in her book that i thought were really interesting that i wanted to try cool so her first one was um to get an entryway shoe storage situation going. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because this has been kind of an evolving scenario for us. Mm -hmm. You were the first person to like suggest to me that I buy a shoe rack, Mm -hmm. which 
I've never had a shoe rack before. I like knew of them, but they were very foreign to me. And so we bought a shoe rack and it was fine. Mm -hmm. And it's been very helpful because we don't really have like that much space in our closets. Mm. So it was nice to keep shoes there. I would say if we have a lot of anything, it's all shoes for some reason. Yeah, Budo have a lot of shoes in the way that people who are sneaker freaks have a lot of shoes. We just have, we have workout shoes. I have a pair of dress shoes. I have a pair of shoes that, I mean, really my workout shoes and then a kind of like casual pair of shoes that I work or run workshops in. And then the bean boots for the winter. Yeah. I mean, we're people who have like shoes, shoes for a purpose. Yeah. But I have more pairs of shoes, I guess, than I thought I did. So mm -hmm. it was nice to have the shoe rack and be able to store some shoes there and not have to keep them all in the closet. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the shoe rack is that the hallway is really narrow and we kept like, it was like in the way of the door and it was in the way of things. It mm. was just like a little too much. It also wasn't very cute. It was a very utilitarian shoe rack. It's from Dollar Tower, right? It was from the Dollar Tower. Yeah. And I don't know, like, how I came up with this idea. I think I was thinking about, like, boot trays, which are a thing that exist. Mm. Um, but those are either, like, plastic or you can get metal ones, but salt erodes the metal ones. But yeah, crazy stuff. Problem. Um, so we have a, an entryway bench as well because you hate shoes in the house. Mm. So we have to, like, take our shoes off and put them on in the hallway so God we damn right <laughs> um, so we had this entryway bench anyway and i kind of had this thought of like what if we stored the shoes under the bench in order to compact those two things into one space mm. and we ended up going with those corkinet 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 um <laughs> coconut core mats ah. the the like all weather mat like entryway mats mm-hmm and I thought that went really nicely because we can tuck them right under the bench and we keep the same number of shoes there that we kept in the... Well, I'm having like a lot of pronunciation. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about the small space tips that I'm talking too fast. Um, you're going to blast right off. I guess. We get to keep the same number of shoes there that we had on the shoe rack. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it just streamlines everything in a nice way. Yeah, it's very nice. I remember we bought too many at first. Yeah, I actually have like a terrible <clears throat> spatial brain. I always think like something is going to fit that won't. It's going to make you drew the floor pen. Yeah, no, it's not going to be like to scale at all. I was like drawing it and I was like, oh, why is the living room the same size as the, the kitchen in this drawing? I don't know. Um, you're way better at that. You're always like. I think this is right. <laughs> and then I just like blow right past you most of the time, but you always end up being right. Mm. That was the double target. One of the double target days. That's true. We bought them at Target and we got a really <clears throat> good deal there. Um, I think they were like 10 bucks a piece. Yeah, something like that. Which is why we didn't measure first. I was just like pricing it out. And then we saw them and they were 10 bucks and we were like, oh, we should just do this now because why not? Mm -hmm. But then I was like, no, for sure we need three. And you're like, no, I really don't think that. And I was like, no, for sure. And then we totes only needed two. So we had to go back to Target to return one. All is well that as well. I think like, I think that people sometimes get in trouble when they're like me and they buy too much stuff and then they like wait to return it. Mm. Because that's just sunk cost. Like, 
I feel great when I return something from a project and get my money back. There's nothing better than that. What's um, next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> uh, something else she was saying that <clears throat> a lot of times in small spaces, a lot of your storage is actually visible. So mm. her um, scenario or her example was like, if you're going to hang your keys by the door, mm-hmm. you should get yourself a nice key ring and you should like maybe pare down all of those um, discount cards that you get from the grocery store and stuff because mm-hmm. when stuff is on display, you want it to look nice as well. Hmm. And I think this is something we're trying to move toward. Um, I got a book by the editors of Remodelista as well about their home organizing tips. And they also had this suggestion of like, everything you bring into your space should be a beautiful thing that you like to look at Mm. as well as something that functions well. Hmm. So like I, like when we went and we bought those baskets to put under the cabinets Mm -hmm. um, to organize like our cleaning supplies and stuff, we just went to the Dolly Tower and got like plastic ones. Mm -hmm. But I think if I were to do that again, or if I were to bring more baskets in, or if I were gonna, you know, hang stuff on pegs, I would want to think really clearly about like, is this something I'm going to want to look at as well as something that holds the stuff I need? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we have those under the sink there out of sight out of mind a little bit i think we do a pretty good job with it i think about our spice rack those look nice yeah we have these ikea baskets they're kind of all over the house now actually we have them in the kitchen to hold spices they're in the bathroom to Mm. hold some bathroom products bathroom Um, stuff bathroom stuff (laughs) um and yeah those are nice looking and it's just kind of pleasant right that like not only do we need that stuff to be stored somewhere but also this is a piece of decor Mm -hmm. so yeah i thought that was a good tip and like something that i want to keep more front of mind for myself as well i think like also in terms of what we were talking about about waiting on purchases you know rather than having this like gut check reaction of like i have to organize this thing right now which is a feeling i have a lot of times Mm to stop and like think about it because also you know we're always out at flea markets and stuff and we like those little things we're like oh that's a nice basket or like that's a nice tray except i have nothing to do with it and so we don't buy it but like we could buy it if we didn't have a bunch of plastic baskets hmm. i think too like the uh when our bottle opener broke then we got the cool yeah. fish one yeah that's a good example so like, i think as cheaper things are doing as cheaper things do and breaking on us <laughs> we're starting to practice patience like the last two podcasts go now and yeah find those more unique or more beautiful objects to put in their place and those objects also tend to be well made to the things that are going to last which is nice i think too about aesthetic and i see from our notes this will be a segue but trying to keep uh my workspace pretty clear trying to go for the zendesk aesthetic as it were not zendesk like the uh workplace tool so (laughs) zendesk please don't sue us i'm saying it with a space in between both words uh but zendesk in the sense of only having the things i need i feel like i'm someone who as i work will just collect little notes i've gotten into the habit of writing on these daily calendars that 
my parents give me and my parents use daily calendars to write notes so I have like daily calendars and notes to myself all the way back through like November of these calendar sheets or the start of November rather or these calendar sheets ripped off of like places to contact people I need to email things I need to do and it gets a little overwhelming and then I have notebooks I have like a business notebook and a personal writing notebook and like a health notebook and I'm just balancing all these things on my desk um, and trying to be a little more conscious about the way I curate that, especially when I'm not working, um, trying to make a point of like shutting off the computer, closing the computer, putting the pens back into place, stacking things as both a mental note to myself now that I'm working from home and doing the entrepreneur thing. Like now I've stopped working, right? Because it's easy working for myself. Just be like, I always got to work. I got to send emails. I got to do this thing. No one's here to stop me, but actually I'm here to stop me and make this a place where I work, where I work in a reasonable, responsible way. And that's kind of my zone. That was a good segue, actually. Um, And I think that's a good point. Like in a small space, the stuff around you can be so emotional and like in any space, but I think it's really easy to like in a small space, feel like stuff, there's stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. What is this stuff? And so it's really about like curation of stuff. Um, and yeah, they're like we were talking about last time with like cutting the potatoes in the living room, like the space is used however we need to use it at the time. And one of the things that she talks about in this book is like creating zones of shared spaces. Hmm. Um, like you don't have an office. There is no separate room for us for that. But what we've done in the living room is like create two very distinct spaces i think mostly with our living room rug Mm. like all of the living room things are touching the rug and all of the office things are not all that the rug touches (laughs) we can share (laughs) and i mean i guess feasibly we could have also gotten an office rug and kind of made that like a specific space but we also really like this clear space for all of our activities True. Like, I DIY in that space a lot. Mm-hmm. We do, like, weird home workouts in that space a lot, so... Yeah, I would say it's pretty communal. Yeah, but I think, like, the visual separation is not a wall in this case. It's the rug. It's the fact that... <coughs> oh, my goodness. <coughs> it's too exciting. Um, it's the fact that, like the living room chair kind of faces away from the office and like makes it a distinct feeling. It's the fact that like the couch arm is kind of tall, you know, Mm. and those are just little visual cues that separate things. And that means we don't need like another bedroom so that you can have an office, Mm. you know? Yeah. But that also segues immediately into, um, she also works out of her living room. And so one of her big things was like audit your office supplies and specifically something we did this year that I'm like so stoked about is we got rid of our printer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this I know wouldn't work for everyone if you're working out of your home maybe and you do need to like print invoices or mailing is a big part of your um, work or whatever. But for us, we were printing like maybe once a month mm-hmm. and our printer was super broken and mm-hmm. like just not worth the money to replace i think no and so getting rid of it was like emotionally unburdening 
it was physically unburdening. Like there's a huge space there now and we have a book, a whole bookshelf in that space. Mm -hmm. And (coughs) oh my goodness. You have to take over. What is going on down here? (laughs) It's amazing that having a printer, printer suck on the whole. Uh, If you need it for your business, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, (laughs) Well, and also we took the stand that the printer was sitting on and now it's a plant stand, which is infinitely better. Yeah. And we have a scanning wand. Thanks, Dad, which is pretty cool. So I wanted it initially to start digitizing my old notebooks. I've kept talk about like space and clutter. So I have all my notebooks dating all the way back from high school when I first started writing. Um, and I'm slowly in the process of digitizing it. You know, I heard Disney's trying to digitize all their files. So I thought I could do the same thing, too. It'd be wicked easy. Turns out it's not wicked easy. Uh, it's pretty time intensive to try to digitize your work. Um, but not only is it a space saver, but eventually that stuff breaks down. Like the pieces I wrote when I was a junior in high school, the paper, after all these moves, is starting to get messed up and the ink is starting to fade. So, actually preserving these documents, if I want to do that for my own purposes and for reference purposes and for. I don't know, egotistical purposes that someone might want to access these at some point, then actually taking the time to scan them and recycle them is a healthy and important process. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons I was holding on to the printer for so long is because we scan way more than we print. True, yeah. And so the scanning wand is baller because it takes up so much less space and we can actually put it away and then like take it out when we need to. Yeah, it's also actually a wand, but I haven't really figured out that yet. And that was one of her tips as well, was like digitizing everything. Mm. Like I just did that huge digitization too and got rid of so much paper. And that was really great. Yeah, it's pretty pro tip. Feels really good. You carry around a lot of paper. I think as someone who feels pretty minimalist in the way I like to live, I didn't realize how much paper had in me. I knew I had all those notebooks. Those notebooks are their own project and their own undertaking. But those aside, just documents i considered important that weren't important or even ones that were that i could digitize the amount of paper i just had on my person was wild i remember shredding and like breaking the shredder not actually breaking it but like overheating it. yeah i'd be like <laughs> and then you just have to like give it a break and talk it down tell it everything was going to be okay and then pick back up do a shredding thing um and then after like 15 minutes of just constant paper, and so it took me about two hours, I would say, I think to get through just all the documents, all the random paper I had on, on and about my life, which is a weird thing to think about how much of that you really carry with you and how much of it you don't need or how much of it could be better protected and better controlled digitally, really. I feel like having the shredder feels so much more valuable than having the printer did as well. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm always getting those credit card applications. Mm. And another one of her things was like, don't hang on to all of your junk mail, just shred it and move on with your life. And like, that's something that I'm really trying to embrace because I feel like it's being foisted upon me. Well, foisted is a great word. To be like processed in some way. And really, I like just once a week just like shred it all and yeah. never think about it again which is nice yeah we gotta get the app look into that i know That's i said true. i would and then i slacked on it yeah if i could never get those that would be great but given that i have limited control over it 
just like getting it out of here. Oh, check it out. Do a review. Also something that we do pretty periodically, she calls it simplifying and refreshing, which makes it sound really nice, but it's those moments where I'm just like standing in the living room and I'm like, well, got to throw out all the stuff we own now. <laughs> um, hmm. And I would say like every six months I get this feeling of just like, why do I have any of these things? And I go through basically all of our stuff and just like think to myself, have I used this? Do I feel about this like I did six months ago when I felt that I needed it? Like, can this go somewhere else? Um, and we're going to do a separate episode about what we do with all of those things that we decide need to leave the apartment. Mm. But I feel like every six months we do a pretty good closet audit. We do a pretty good like cabinet audit mm-hmm. of just being like, is this a thing we're using? Is this a thing that we still enjoy? Did we like perhaps get something else that covers this need? You're doing that thing um, that's been on the internet a lot this year of like, turning your hangers around Mm -hmm. in the closet yeah it's kind of a bust they're already all turned the other way really yeah i cycle through my clothes pretty quickly not even one no the last remaining one was the christmas shirt but i just wore it over thanksgiving well i feel like we just debunked that right now on this podcast that's like a tip that people give all the time well i don't think we debunked it this i started it after i'd done my big clothing purge post dresser i was like wow i got rid of a bunch of stuff i wonder if there's still stuff i can get rid of and the answer is pretty much no right now like is there still stuff i could get rid of yes ish there's stuff i could replace i would say if i were in a place to um but i just don't feel like i am like my gym shirts and workout shirts are a little bit big on me they're still xl i think i got rid of all the double xl stuff because i was just looking foolish you know so they're still big on me and i could replace those but also in thinking about, you know, a lot of what we kind of touched on in other episodes, like, do I really need to replace them? Especially now that I'm mainly doing home and park workouts. Like I'm not, even when I was at the gym, like I'm not showing up to look good. Like I'm showing up to work out. So does it matter that these are a little big on me? No. So I'll probably just wear them until they actually break down and I can donate them. Um, I feel like that's a definite caveat of all of this is like, don't throw out something that you're going to need next week. You know, even if you're like in the zone, it feels so good. It like always feels so good to have stuff out of here. And it feels like really like refreshing, honestly. But to then turn around and be like, oh, actually we need to buy another one of those would be <laughs> devastating, you know? Yeah, so it's definitely a sweet spot. I don't think we've done that too. That was our wooden bowling alley table. I don't <laughs> think we've uh, done that to our credit. Yeah, I used to be that way, like, when I was in high school. I would just, like, get rid of shit willy-nilly, and then I'd be like, oh, actually, I liked those shoes. I don't know why I donated them and mm-hmm. feel sad, kind of. Um, but I think I have a better understanding now of what my actual usage is mm-hmm. and am more honest with myself about being like, I like this, so I'm going to hold on to it, you know, mm-hmm. and not, like, chasing that feeling of, like, the closet being empty, you know? Makes sense. So... Definitely could go either way on that one. Next tip was, I guess this doesn't really count for us. It's to ditch the TV, but like we never had a TV. However, I always feel super validated in that choice. There's never a point where I'm like, damn, I wish we had a TV right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah. There's so much like 
design copy dedicated to how to hide your TV in your living room that just feels so wasted to me, you know? Like, a, a TV looks like a TV and either you're really gonna embrace that or you just shouldn't have one. There's no, like, like I wouldn't want to construct a piece of furniture to cover it, you know? It's too mm-hmm. much. Yeah, there's so much content accessible everywhere else with an internet connection. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't think. I think there are definitely people who feel otherwise, but I don't miss TV. I never had a TV. I've had, in some rentals, shared TVs. Like in Austin, there was a shared TV with everyone there. In Bushwick, there wasn't one. So yeah, I never really missed it. I never really desired it. I never sought it out on my own. When I was in a dorm, I never like had one on my own. It's just like, it doesn't really matter to me. It's the coolest shit on YouTube. Yeah, and like not having cable was just one of the easiest costs to cut in my mind. So mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, we just shouldn't have that. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. Budget-wise, it's very nice. Yeah. I will say, though, like I see how this is subjective to people. Like one of her other tips was to get a full-size bed if you could. Mm-hmm. And like I acknowledge the like genius of that and the way I acknowledge the genius of this TV thing. But like we just really needed the queen size bed. Mm -hmm. So it's really about lifestyle for sure. And like, you shouldn't save space to the detriment of your lifestyle. But I think for us, that was just like super easy to be like, no TV. Yeah. You don't have to be Spartan about it. Right. That's the phrase. Yeah. That's pulling out words, (laughs) you know, and do things for the sake of stripping down and living bare. You should live in a way that brings you joy, but yeah, you should live in a way that brings you joy. Yeah, for sure. Something that we've been using, like, forever is under bed storage. Mm. Um, Love it. Forever, forever. Since I was a kid. (laughs) Push push it under the bed, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's... I've always had a platform bed in my adulthood because I hate bed skirts, and Mm. so I can't have a box spring because box springs require bed skirts, and I think bed skirts are so terrible. So I've just always had a platform bed, like, for aesthetics, but then it also worked out that you have, like, 12 inches of space under the platform bed, Mm. which is just, it's basically just free, you know? Um, We have suitcases under there. Mm. We, I had that whole, (laughs) shredder, (laughs) I had that whole box of paper under there that I now have shredded, so it's, like, coming full circle. The shredder lives under there, especially, like, the noise, like, it's, like, our monster under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, I guess that wasn't really like a like a choice we made consciously, except that we were like, oh, it's going to fit under here. Yeah, it just made sense. And we use it pretty infrequently, you know. Yeah, but yeah. There, there are like so many great things you can do with underbed storage. Like if we had to store the suitcases in the closet, it would decimate our closet space. And so to have that is really nice. And then it's just covered by our comforter. So it's not messy in any way either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take advantage of that. It's just free. Also, this we're like better at in the bed bathroom than we are in the kitchen, I think. But reserving your countertops in terms of just like creating visual space for yourself is like don't store all of your products on the countertop in the bathroom. Like make sure that there's a spot for them, mm. which is what we're doing with those baskets. Like, we have that stuff out. It's visible, but because it's not all on the countertop, like, all that's on the countertop is our soap. It makes it feel slightly more open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that's been a little harder in the kitchen because we have, like, 
the Keurig out and mm-hmm. the fruit bowl and stuff. But yeah, I don't think the kitchen doesn't feel cluttered to me. You know, in that way, maybe you feel differently. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could store more things in the kitchen for sure. Or like we can't store the fruit bowl. The point of the fruit bowl. Well, yes, I understand. Is now they're presenting fruit. Um, Here's your fruit. I, I guess we could use more counter space in the kitchen. Is how I feel. Mm. But I don't know that there's anything we can actively do about that. Could uh, create a zip line system across the top. <laughs> That's actually something that people talk about. Is you can hang like a wire, essentially, Love. like. between two walls usually it like goes over your sink it wouldn't work for us though because the wire would have to like go over the stove and then attach into the side of the fridge man it's like dangerous yeah some like temple of doom people really love s hooks is the thing so like they try to create lots of like wire scenarios or like rod scenarios because people think that hanging things from s hooks is like a pro tip that was in mm. this book a lot um i would say we don't do as much like visual storage as this book was telling us to do we kind of like things to be put away yeah or i do personally but maybe if all of our stuff was like super nice looking we could have it out more mm. and then we could or like um what are they called like shaker pegs like so in shaker homes there was just like one long board across the whole wall that had a bunch of pegs on it and you just like hung everything from the pegs like your clothes got hung from the pegs your coats your hats like your broom was on the pegs just like there was very little closet and very much peg and so people are trying to bring the pegs back i don't know if that would really like fit our lifestyle either just have stuff like hanging out on these pegs well yeah yeah i don't know it's a bit much hmm but yeah, I I personally like to have clear surfaces. I think that is really nice. So I like that that's happening in the bathroom. Um, I like those rare times when the coffee table is clear. I feel like that's very nice. Like, yeah, coffee table clear is a nice feeling. Yeah, it's not even really anything you like have to do actively. It's just like to resist the urge to throw shit on the coffee table, I guess. Yeah, which I don't know. I don't think we really do. Maybe we do a little bit. Depends. Depends on what's happened. Depends on the day. I feel like the nice <coughs> thing about actively trying to keep counters clear is that then the counters and the coffee table become sort of physical manifestations of where I'm at mentally. And my desk, too. This goes back to that uh, like clear desk aesthetic. It's like when everything starts to get really messy, I can tell that I'm feeling pretty zany. If I've let it get that far, then it's time for me to stop and reevaluate and clear that space both mentally and physically and i i don't know maybe it's a bad thing that it's become that physical manifestation for me but i think it's kind of nice it's like a reminder to myself you know that keeping things clear also helps keep my head clear and keep me focused on what i need to do yeah i think it's also like a physical manifestation of control Mm. to be like this space is not like crazy or out of control or like getting deep down. you know like it like I can just clear this space and that's going to create an emotional space as well. Hmm. Yeah, I really don't like when it's messy, but that was a thing we knew. Yeah. But this book also had some tips that I wanted to try or that like 
suddenly clicked for me having heard them other places. Um, a lot of people like to store things above their kitchen cabinets, like in baskets and stuff. And I feel like when I was painting up there, it was something I was thinking about that like we have a full bank of upper cabinets and they all have space on top of them. And so if we really did need the storage, wow. we could just put a bunch of baskets up there. What will we put in there? I don't know. I think that's what's been stopping me is we don't really... Sometimes I feel like we have enough storage for our things, which is a weird thing to say in a small space. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think we need to, like, get more stuff so that we can store it above the cabinets. But I think that that's a space that's available to us that, like, if we wanted to use it, we could. And I don't think about it that often. Yeah, I don't even know what I want to put up there. It seems like... Wouldn't it get dusty? I guess we just have to... Yeah, I feel like, yeah, all things. That is something that stops me, though. I hate when things are dusty because I don't really understand how dust gets places. Mm. Um, Dark magic. But yeah, it, it would be a bit dusty, and that would be a problem for sure. Yeah, so like we couldn't store. I'm thinking the first thing that comes to mind is like extra cups. We have mm. cups that are mainly just there for when guests are here. Even if we're being lazy about dishes, we still don't go through all our cups unless someone's staying over. So that would be the first thing that comes to mind. But then they would get dusty, so if we ever wanted to use them. Yeah, we'd just have to, like, wash them again, which would be a bummer. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. There's nothing. I mean, we could store, like, baking supplies and then free up the bottom cabinet in the rolling island. Also a thought. But then it might be weird if that gets dusty. It would all be bagged. I don't know. Dust. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit dusty for sure. Um, we should do a science of dust episode where we get to the bottom of it. Oh boy! Yeah. Like investigative journalism at that point. <laughs> yeah, basically the conspiracy of dust. Fucking, we'll go for the Pulitzer. <laughs> um, something else that I saw were these. You know how they used to have that infomercial about that like light that you could tap on and tap off and you could like stick it anywhere and they were like in your garage in your closet well they still make those but yeah. they like make them smaller and they're led now um and i we basically have like one overhead light in each room and mm -hmm. that's it um true i really don't like lamps i know that's weird people are like really pro lamp but like we don't have a lot of outlets mm. And even if we do have outlets, they're not necessarily near where I would want to put a lamp. Mm -hmm. And I think I really underestimate the value of task lighting. And so I could see myself like trying these stick on LED lights hmm. and really liking them, like maybe under the kitchen cabinets uh, or because you know how like fancy people have those like custom cabinets with the lighting built in. Ah, those fancy people. Like yeah. Us like, for the bookshelf. That, see, this is what I'm saying, though, because <laughs> we just fixed the light in our DIY bookshelf, and that was cool, right? Like, Dylan that was helped nice. a lot to be. Yeah, no, Dylan definitely mm -hmm. fixed the light. Like, let's, I guess, not take any credit for it. I wouldn't have been able to do it without him. Um, but, yeah, so, and that was cool. And, like, we could have these stick-on LED lights and just stick them wherever and have light. Mm. In the closets. Like, in the closets. The under the cabinets. The infomercial <laughs> wasn't wrong. These are places you need lights. <laughs> Just tap twice and you have light. <laughs> so yeah, I would look into those for sure. I think sometimes the glory of these books is also that you just learn about products that you've never thought of before. Mm. Um, and like now you can go like search out which lights are right for you. Or she was like showing all of these different like foldable drying racks, which I don't think we really need. That would just be bringing more stuff into our apartment. But like 
you know, I had like one very clear idea of what a drying rack looked like. And she showed all of these other products that I never even like thought existed. Mm. So that was cool. But you're going to hate this. I can like tell you're going to hate this, but I'm like so excited about this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So she had this like crazy good idea for bathrooms that don't have toilet paper holders. Mm -hmm. Because this, I would say, has been our number one struggle in this apartment. Okay. Is that there's no toilet paper holder. And like, maybe this is a little too much, but I'm, I'm out here sharing it on the internet anyway. It's like every time you pee, it's like an oblique exercise to turn around and grab the toilet paper off the back of the toilet. And it's like not very chic to just like have toilet paper hanging out on the back of the toilet. Mm-hmm. So imagine, and I didn't make this up. She totally made this up. It's not me. But imagine close my eyes. we put a hook uh-huh. in the wall mm-hmm. above the tile. Okay. So like our, our wall is like halfway up tiled, but we put a hook above that, like mm-hmm. right under the baskets. And then we get like a string or a piece of decorative twine or like something nice, you know? Uh-huh. And we make a really big loop. A loop so big that if you were to put a toilet paper roll on it, it would hang at like the appropriate height that you would expect a toilet paper roll to be. So mm-hmm. it's just like a piece of decorative twine hanging in a triangle off of the hook mm-hmm. and then just like delivering the toilet paper to you at the exact height that you need it. Hmm. Here's why I'm interested in this. Hear me out. <laughs> so we can't... Got nowhere else to go. <laughs> we can't install a toilet paper holder because it would either damage the tile on one side or the cabinet on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I think even if we did install one, it would stick out too much and it would like hit you and it wouldn't be pleasant. Mm. We don't want to buy one of those like freestanding toilet paper holders because there's literally no space in the bathroom for it. It would just feel like really uncomfortable and sad. Boo stuff. Yeah. So we like already have a hook. I have much decorative string. I don't know. I'm going to like, once this is over, once we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to like go in there and measure whether I think this would jut out too much or not, because I'm like pretty stoked on this specific idea. Yeah. I'm not against it. I think it's pretty ingenious. Yeah. I mean, we can try down to pretty much try anything. I would really recommend this book to people also because she, um, is very good about detailing like stuff you can do if you're a renter because she also rents her space and she has a pretty good relationship with her landlord where they've allowed her to make some more permanent changes but also she has been very clear on like if you can't make permanent changes here are some things you should do and so i was like really stoked on this idea because it was one of those of like here's a very temporary fix you could possibly do to not feel sad it's cool it's cool that she breaks down the book like that yeah smart and then the last one that I want to try is um, streamlining, personally, my bath and body products. Mm-hmm. I'm not even like a product person necessarily, so it's kind of shocking to me how much stuff I have in there. Mm-hmm. But she was literally saying like her whole family uses at one time like one bottle of shampoo, one bottle of conditioner, and one bottle of body wash. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth bottle in her shower is their dog shampoo. Ha! And so like... I think you and I like have different product allegiances also, which is like changes things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we came in with just like all this product and literally Dylan said last weekend, like I didn't even know what shampoo to use when I went in there, <laughs> which is so weird because I don't even like 
feel any which way about shampoo. So like, why do I have so many shampoos? Yeah. You know? And like now it's gotten to the point where I'm just like, well, I spent money on all this shit, so I might as well like use it all. Right. But like, why did I spend that money in the first place? You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, I hate taking showers because I think it's like a complete waste of your time that you'll never get back. Right. Um, but maybe also if it weren't like a small shower full of hundreds of shampoo bottles, I wouldn't feel that way. Mm. Good point. What if I'm creating this problem for myself? We could take down the rack. She also really, really hates the racks. Really? Yeah. She very much feels like you shouldn't have so much stuff that you need um, a like product rack to go over your shower head. That it should be able to like fit in a cutout niche. I, I guess that. for us it would be the little the little windowsill. Like hers has like a built-in mm. niche. Maybe you should try it. I mean, yeah, I feel like... It's already fallen on us twice anyway. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty bad situation where people are, like, getting hit in the face by shampoo. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we need to... I think we should probably take a temporary step of, like, putting all of the extra stuff under the counter mm. before we just, like, start throwing everything away. <laughs> Burn it! <laughs> Burn it with fire! <laughs> But yeah, I would kind of be really down, honestly, to try. Yeah, cool. All right, big bathroom moves. Yeah. I wanted to highlight um, two other ideas, ideas that we can't do personally because we can't make permanent changes in our space, but ideas that I thought were like super smart. So if people can't make permanent changes in their space, they should know about them. Um, So she had this whole thing about barn doors, which are those doors that you like install... um, basically like a piece of metal and then the door rolls across the piece of metal back and forth rather than opening into or out of the room. Uh-huh. And I've never really liked barn doors because I not really like, I don't have a farmhouse aesthetic. I'm not a barn door person. Yeah, no, I don't want it to look like I live in a barn. That's just not for me. Um, but what I do like and what I've always wanted for this apartment are pocket doors, which are doors. They'll fit in your pockets. <laughs> kind of. That fit in a pocket, but the pocket is in the wall. Oh. So the door just, like, rather than going into or out of the room, slides directly into the wall. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. That would be great, right? Because then the door wouldn't swing into the bathroom, taking up 50% of the bathroom. It would just disappear into the wall and then come back when you wanted to shut it. Whoa. Yeah. However, the problem with installing pocket doors, even when you do own your space, is that that space inside the wall is often reserved for like plumbing or electrical (laughs) or like stuff people need. (laughs) Um, And so in this book on the same page, she was like, Oh, if pocket doors won't work for you, consider the barn door. And somehow in my mind, it like changed for me that a barn door is not an aesthetic. It's just like an exterior pocket door. Essentially, yeah. Because imagine if, even though that light switch is in the bathroom, you could still have a po- like a barn door that just like slid right next to the toilet. I'd like to note that Jordan is making very intense hand motions, <laughs> like graphing this out for me. Of how the door would slide right past the toilet. And they're pretty precise. She's not wrong. And in the bedroom... Instead of having it like swing all the way out into that space where we could put literally any piece of furniture, it would just slide like past the plant. Hmm. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. So yeah, I, if someone like wants to hang a barn door and tell me that it's glorious, even though I already know conceptually that it would be glorious, hit me up. The other thing, and I think I invented this, or like had this idea, but it was printed in her book, so I'm gonna let her have it. Um, oh, shots fired! <laughs> you know how in uh, like with a flush mount medicine cabinet, which is what we have, and like most people have, the mirror is essentially like flush to the wall, oh. and that means that the medicine cabinet is actually inside the wall in the space between the studs, right? Yeah. So like, basically, just imagine that, except a whole closet size. Cool. So, like, we could take that whole wall of the bathroom that nothing is happening on. I feel like I've seen that in old houses. Yes? No? Maybe? Like it's really, possible, yeah. Like really small, narrow closets. Yeah, they're bas- They're only the depth of the wall, so yeah. they're probably, like, four inches thick if you have two-by-four two studs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, invent it. I'm just saying I had the idea before I read it in this book. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like maybe, and if anyone of my immediate family is listening. And I feel like in my grandma's house, there's a closet like that in the far back bedroom. It's definitely possible. Just like really near, like the length of our purple bookshelf. Like the, or like mm-hmm. uh, width rather. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, Shavana Gardner just did this in her bathroom remodel, but hers are open shelves, which I think can also be really cool. And if you're doing that thing we were just talking about of like having only nice looking things, Definitely nice, but then also I think, you know, having a door on it could be nice so that you can literally just put, like, whatever you want in there. Have a barn door on it. I think that might be a little too much. Like, a little too big. Mm. Though I guess if you really, like, get into the barn door aesthetic, I'm not here to stop you. Sliding barn doors everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what kind of door I would want, because I definitely wouldn't want, like, a full-on, like closet door that swings that would defeat the purpose i'm imagining it i guess kind of like a medicine cabinet door that just kind of like pops out a little bit like full length but like yeah very very large a a secret door at that point yeah no it's definitely supposed to be kind of a secret door yeah the thing i'm thinking about wasn't secret it was just very much a closet oh no this could like you could like put a mirror on it still like a full length mirror whoa yeah that'd be cool it would be really like unintrusive to the space Maybe I'm just thinking of, like, isn't there a term for those little closets and, like, old houses, but we don't have them anymore? Like, old-timey? It's possible. I don't think I know what you're speaking what of. What is, like, a linen closet? What is, like, the... What, wasn't there, like, actually a linen yes. closet? Yes, so you there? could be thinking of, like, just a linen closet, which would be, like... Yes, a closet the width of this bookshelf, and it would have just probably shelves in it. Yes. For people to store linens in. You're thinking of just like a real linen closet. Yes. Yes. That is what I'm thinking of. I'm talking about a modified <laughs> linen closet that is not a closet, but is a hole in the wall. Ah. Yeah. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like she called it, she called it um, a vanity, I think. And I, like when I think of vanities, I think of like tables. So I didn't want to use that term. I wanted to say linen closet because like the way I would imagine using it is like you could fold up extra towels and put them in there or like you could like keep Q-tips in there and like things like that. Hmm. So still bathroom oriented. Yeah, definitely yeah. stuff you still need in the bathroom, but like I don't know, we I feel like we rely really heavily on our cabinet storage in there. Mm. And that that space could way better serve us if that part were smaller mm-hmm. and there were just a hole in the wall. 
I'm into it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> they like come here to check whether we get our security deposit back or not, and there's like just a whole new hole in the wall. I mean, if we keep it secret enough, they'll never know. <laughs> we just like cut that piece of the wall out and we glue it on to the door so it just looks like the wall is still there. Now we're thinking. Um, yeah, I think that's enough storage for today. Cool. But yeah, I would, I'll post like links to the book and her socials in the show notes because she's definitely worth a follow. And I would highly suggest you check out this book from the library and or purchase it with your own money because it was one of the better design books I've read in a long time. I feel like a lot of design books, um, are more general and, are showing you really nice things, but in 2,000 square foot houses. And it was really nice that this one was very specific to the size of space we have and like the concerns that we're currently facing. It's a pretty big endorsement from you. If you yeah. Like you read design books like nobody's business. You I do get, like, check out a lot of them. <laughs> three books from the library, and within, I'll like sit down to write for an hour. And by the time I'm done with my writing session, I'll look up and all of them will be in a pile ready to go back. I will say I use them mostly like Pinterest in a way like I look at the pictures and then I decide if I want to read what's in the picture because often the captions like are very descriptive of what's going on that Mm -hmm. you can see with your eyes. Um, But in this one I was really reading the text and like seeing what was going on because I was so specific to what we're doing. And she and I have very different aesthetics also like she's very white and beachy and breezy because she's living in LA, Mm -hmm. Venice Beach like but I thought, even though, like, one of her tips was, like, paint your whole house white, which, like, obviously I'm never going to do, um, it still applied to a lot of the stuff we are trying to figure out. Cool. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time. <laughs>